Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this, this morning, Lord God. Thank you that uh, we can be here on this call, Lord God. I want to thank you for each of my brothers and sisters who, who made the sacrifice to get up this early and, and get into your word, Father, despite any circumstances that they may be facing, Father, that may have tried to prevent them. Lord, thank you, Father, that we're all here, Lord. Be with us during this time, Father. I pray it will be your words that are heard, not mine. We praise you for what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Genesis 31. And I am reading from the New King James Version. Now Jacob heard the words of Laban's sons, saying, Jacob has taken away all that was our father's, and from what was our father's, he has acquired all, his, all this wealth. And Jacob saw the countenance of Laban, and indeed it was not favorable toward him as before. Then the Lord said to Jacob, return to the land of your fathers and to your family, and I will be with you. So Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah to the field to his flock and said to them, I see your father's countenance, that it is not favorable towards me as before, but, but the God of my father has been with me. And you know that with all my might, I have served your father, yet your father has deceived me and changed my wages 10 times, but God did not allow him to hurt me. If he said thus, the speckles shall be your wages and all the flocks bore speckles. And if he said thus, the streaks shall be your wages and all the flocks bore streaks. So God has taken away the livestock of your father and given them to me. And it happened at that at the time when the flocks can see that I lifted my eyes and saw in a dream and behold, the rams which leaped upon the flocks were streaks, speckled and gray spotted. Then the angel of the Lord of God spoke to me in a dream saying, Jacob, and I said, here I am. And he said, lift up your eyes now and see all the rams which leap on the flocks are streaked, speckled and gray spotted for I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. I am the God of Bethel where you anointed the pillar and where you made a vow to me. Now arise, get out of this land and return to the land of your family. And Rachel and Leah answered and said to him, is there still any portion of or inheritance for us in our father's house? Are we not considered strangers by him? For he has sold us and also completely consumed our money. For all these riches which God has taken from our father are really ours and our children's. Now then, whatever God has said to you, do it. Then Jacob rose and set his sons and his wives on camels. And he carried away all his livestock and all his possessions which he had gained. His acquired livestock which he had gained in Padamaram to go to his father Isaac in the land of Canaan. Now Laban had gone to shear her sheep, and Rachel had stolen the household idols that were his, her father's. And Jacob stole away, unknown to Laban the Syrian, in that he did not tell him that he in, had intended to flee. So he fled with all that he had. He arose and crossed the river and headed toward the mountains of Gilead. Verse 22. And Laban was told on the third day that Jacob had fled. Then he took his brethren with him, pursued him for seven days' journey, and he overtook him in the mountains of Gilead. But God had come to Laban the Syrian in a dream by night and said to him, be careful that you speak to Jacob, neither good nor bad. So Laban overtook Jacob. Now Jacob had pitched his tent in the mountains and Laban with his brethren pitched in the mountains of Gilead. And Laban said to Jacob, what have you done? 
that you have stolen away unknown to me and carried away my daughters like captives taken with the sword. Why did you flee away secretly and steal away from me and not tell me? For I might have sent you away with joy and songs, with timbrel and harps, and you did not allow me to kiss my sons and my daughters. Now you have done foolishly in so doing. It is in my power to do you harm. But the God of your father spoke to me last night, saying, Be careful that you speak to Jacob neither good nor bad. And now you have surely gone because you, because you greatly long for your father's house. But why did you steal my gods? Then Jacob answered and said to Laban, Because I was afraid, for I said, Perhaps you would take your daughter's from me by force with whom with whomever you find your gods do not let him live in the presence of, my, of our brethren identify what i have you have of yours and take it with you for jacob did not know that rachel had stolen them and laban went into jacob's tent into leah's tent into the, into the two maids tent but he did not find them then he went out of leah's tent and entered rachel's tent now rachel had taken the household idols put them in the camel saddle and sat on them and laban searched all about the tent but did not find them and he said to her, Father, let it not displease my Lord that I cannot rise before you, for the manner of woman is with me. And he searched, but did not find the household idols. <clears throat> then Jacob was angry and rebuked Laban. And Jacob answered and said to Laban, what is my trespass? What is my sin that you have so hotly pursued me? Although you have searched all my things, what part of your household things have you found? Set it here before my brethren and your brethren, that they may judge between us both. These 20 years I have been with you, your ewes and your female goats have not miscarried their young, and I have not eaten the rams of your flock. That which was torn by beasts, I did not bring to you. I bore the loss of it. You required it from my hand, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. There I was in the day the drought consumed me and the frost by night, and my sheep departed from my eyes. Thus I have been in your house 20 years. I served you 14 years for your two daughters and six years for your flock, and you have changed my wages 10 times. Unless the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac has, had been with me, surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed. God has seen my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked you last night. Verse 43, and Laban answered and said to Jacob, these daughters are my daughters, and these children are my children, and this flock is my flock. All that you see is mine, but what can I do this day to these, my daughters, or to their children whom, whom they have born? Now, therefore, Come, let us make a covenant, you and I, and let it be a witness between you and me. So Jacob took a stone and set, up a, set it up as a pillar. Then Jacob said to his brethren, gather, gather stones. And they took stones and made a heap, and they ate there on the heap. Laban called it Jeger Sahadutha, but Jacob called it Galid. And Laban said, this heap is a witness between you and me this day. Therefore, its name was called Galid, also Mizbah, because he said, may the Lord watch between you and me when we are absent one from another. If you afflict my daughters, or if you take other wives besides my daughters, although no man is with us, see, God is witness between you and me. Then Laban said to Jacob, here is this heap, and here is this pillar, which I have placed between you and me. This heap is a witness, and this pillar is a witness, that I will not pass beyond this heap to you, and you will not pass beyond this heap and this pillar to me for harm. The God of Abraham, the God of Nahor, and the God of their father judge between us, and God and Jacob swore by the fear of his father Isaac. Then Jacob offered a sacrifice on the mountain and called his brethren to eat bread. And they ate bread and stayed all night on the mountain. And early in the morning, Laban arose, kissed his sons and daughters and blessed them. Then Laban departed and returned to his place. Amen. Amen. Come on. Okay, we have a whole lot to unpack here and not a whole lot of time. So let's begin. So Laban's sons um, are upset. And it says in verse one, 
that um, Jacob has taken away all that was our father's. It wasn't that Jacob had taken away anything that belonged to Laban, but rather it was that um, Jacob's wealth was increasing in, propor in proportion to Laban's wealth. And it wasn't that Jacob stole it. It was that, is that his sons, Laban's sons, were full of envy about how prosperous Jacob was being. You know, we know that envy distorts the truth. All right, we're going to talk about, about envy for a, few, for, for a few minutes. Envy distorts the truth. Jacob hadn't taken anything of Laban's, but envy will lie. So, so Laban's sons, they were like, Jacob has taken away everything of our father's because I saw how much he had. So he had to have stolen it, right? He had to have acquired it through deceitful means. And then, so, so the envy of Laban's sons poisoned Laban's mind. Now, Laban was already kind of a jerk, right? He was already kind of, you know, was very deceitful, you know? So his sons coming at him and they were just filling his mind with more nonsense, more deceit, more lies. And so, so, so envy, envy is bad enough on its own, right? But it's even worse when you're in the company of envious people, right? And, and, and so that's why it's so important who you keep around you, you know? So first Corinthians three, verse three says, for you are still carnal for where there are envy, strife and divisions among you. You are not carnal and behaving like mere men. James three sixteen says for where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing are there. Instead, 1 Corinthians 13, 4, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not envy. If, if there was love in the house of Laban, there would have been no room for envy. Laban would have never, you know, deceived and tricked Jacob, you know, the way he did for 20 years. You know, God wants to deliver us from envy, brothers and sisters. He wants to deliver us. Titus 3.3 3 says, for we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Envy isn't a small sin. Envy is a pretty stinking huge sin for us to commit. Envy, listen, envy put Jesus on the cross. Matthew 27, 18 says, for he knew that they had handed him over because of envy. So, you know, even before Jacob knew it, God had prepared him for this time. You know, 20 years of preparation, of growing his own wealth, his own flocks, his own family. And now he tells him to go, go to the land of your father's. God gave him the desire to go back home in the last chapter. We read Genesis 30, verse 25. Then his, his present circumstances became unbear unbearable, so he had to leave. And the Lord gave personal direction to Jacob. And I think what's kind of, uh, you know, of, of those three points is he, you know, his present circumstances became unbearable. This tells me that sometimes we get too comfortable, right? And God wants to move us. God wants us to go to a new level, a new place, you know, a new job, a new, you know, anything. But we get comfortable where we're at. We're kind of comfortable in our misery, right? You know, it's kind of like the devil, you know, versus the devil you don't know. 
you know? And so, so sometimes God will, will make your circumstances unbearable to where it's kind of like, oh man, I got to get out of here, you know? And listen, not everything is the devil's attacking me, okay? We all often say when we're, we're in a horrible situations, oh, the, I'm being, the devil's attacking me. But the, listen, the devil was one, one creature, right? One person. He ain't got time for a little old you to attack you. It could be that God is like, I've been trying to shift them and move them and get them to a new place. And they just chilling because they comfortable. Let me allow certain circumstances to shake them up. If Laban had been a good man and had treated Jacob, treated Jacob fairly, perhaps Jacob would have stayed, but then he wouldn't have been living in the purpose and his calling that God had, had, had brought him to. He would, not, he would not be fulfilling his portion of the covenant. He would not have been able to take possession of the land that was promised to Abraham and Isaac. God says, I will be with you. This was the most important aspect. See, if God were with Jacob, he would, he, he would be at peace and confident in any difficulty, you know, and, 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 or at least he would have the opportunity for peace and confidence. See, the, the, pro, the promise of God meant everything. So Jacob gets ready to, to, to move. And, and, you know, he says, the God of my fathers has been with me. Even though Laban had, had, had tried to cheat Jacob, God protected him all the time. God was protecting him. God showed Jacob that he was greater and able to come anything that any man might do to Jacob. And so God's presence was with Jacob, just as God has promised, just like God's presence is with each and every one of you, just as he has promised in his word, God is with you. So you don't need to fear the decision you have to make. You don't have to fear the move you may be called to make. God is with you and you can have that confidence. Genesis 28, 15, he told him, behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. This attitude is echoed in, in the book of Psalms 118, verse 6, the Lord is upon my, on my side, I will not fear. What can man do to me? What, can, what could Laban do to Jacob, really, if God was on Jacob's side? What can man do to you, brothers and sisters, if God is on your side? Right. So, so he, he, we, we see that um, he says the angel of God spoke to me in a dream. Verse eleven. You know, here we learn that the blessing of of, of the production of, of of sheep and goats that we read about last chapter, you know, um, was revealed to Jacob in a dream. How much more blessed he was going to be. You know, and, and Jacob didn't use any kind of clever means to grow. You know, he just allowed the Lord to speak to him and show him what to do. And the Lord blessed him. And God said, I am the God of Bethel. He told Jacob to go back to Bethel, back to the place where he first encountered the Lord in a personal way. And this was, this is, was Jacob's way of returning to his first love. And it's good to remember times when where God has brought us from you know, so where he did great works for us and has met us in wonderful ways. He reminds us that he's still the same God who met our needs back then. The God who has blessed you in so many ways, no matter what you're going through right now, he's still the same God. It's good to remember what he has done for you. Charles Spurgeon wrote, you remember some of you perhaps the first time when pardoning love was revealed to you 
when you were brought to see the love of God and the great atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Well, tonight the Lord says to you, I am the same God as you have ever found me. I have not changed. I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed, even as your father Jacob was not consumed. For I was even to him the same God. God does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Your circumstances don't change God. Your circumstances may change you for the better or for the worse, but nothing changes God. It's not like God sees what's going on in the world. And he's like, you know what? Maybe I should, I should rethink how I'm working this situation. God is the same. He knows exactly what he's doing. And so Rachel and Leah, you know, in, in verse 14, they, they, they know that, that their father Laban had already used any potential inheritance that they may have once received. And then so, so now they, so they were happy to leave with Jacob. They were like, cool, like Laban's probably squandered all our, any inheritance we have, any dowry we have. They even had dowries back then, you know, and, and so let's, let's go. So they supported Jacob. They supported his decision to get up and leave. Verse 16, whatever God has said to you, do it, they said. See, their, 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 their support of Jacob um, was, was a costly and maybe dangerous move, but it was very significant because this was a huge undertaking to move a large family, you know, so far. So you have Jacob, you have his wives, you have his servants, you have his sons, his daughters. Like it's a huge, plus all the livestock and the camels and everything that he had acquired over 20 years, 20 years. If some of us who, who are living in the same house for even 10 years, how much stuff do you have in your house? let alone if you've been in your same house for 20 years. Can you imagine picking that bad boy up, right? On a whim saying, let's go. Rally up the troops. We're going 300 miles down the road. It ain't easy. You know, it's not easy. So they got up and moved. But it says in, in verse 19 that Rachel had stolen the household idols that were his her father's. So there are many reasons, potential reasons for that. You know, it could be that... Um, Perhaps she also worshiped these idols, you know, and, and didn't want to be without them. You know, maybe she didn't want her father to use the idols and pray to the idols and they, and the idols revealed to Laban where they went. That's potential, you know, it could also be that at the time idols were sometimes used um, as deeds to property, you know, like, so, so it was almost like a, like a piece of paper like your mortgage paperwork, you know, your deed paperwork, you know, and, and so by taking the idols, you know, she took whatever inheritance might be left, you know, from her father, or perhaps simply she just wanted to get back at her father, who had mistreated her, who had mistreated her husband, who had mistreated her entire family. So Jacob, they, they run away, right, they go, they leave, and he already told Jacob, God had already told Jacob to go, and had promised you know, him safe passage, you know, but Jacob's fear and this deceptive departure showed that he had lacked confidence in God and his promise. And he relied on his more, more, more on his wisdom and ability. You know, that's like us a lot of times, you know, we, we, we've been a part of a church for years and we listen to the word of God and God speaks to us and tells us to do something. And you're, and, and you're like, amen, God's going to bless me. 
but God's taking a while. So let me go ahead and make some moves to help, you know, I'm going to help God out. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to jumpstart this blessing by making some decisions. And we mess up. Thank God that Jacob, you know, why he, even though he was, he, he was moving on, uh, um, by the will of God, but the way he was doing it, because he, you know, he stole away, he snuck away from Laban. So it was nearly three, it says they were in Haran at this point, and it says they, they went to, towards the mountains of Gilead, about 300 miles away. And the journey was probably more, was probably longer and more difficult psychologically to Jacob than it was physically for him. Because he had left a place of safety, even though it probably sucked over there. You know, he had to deal with Laban and, and deceptive practices, but there was still safety, you know. So now Jacob was moving out of his comfort zone, you know, and, and, and there were many dangerous enemies out there, even, and we're going to read about this tomorrow, I believe, um, his brother Esau was out there somewhere who wanted to kill him, you know, so it was like, so it's kind of like Jacob, he's thinking, what? am I going to run into? I'm making this move. I'm being obedient. Like what, what circumstances am I going to run into? And Jacob verse 22, excuse me, Laban was told on the third day that Jacob had fled. And this shows that Jacob and his family were, were already, they already lived some distance from Laban, you know, to where he was able to move such a massive amount of people and goods and livestock without, you know, it took three days for Laban to find out. You know, and, but then God had come to Laban, the Syrian, in a dream. Apparently, Laban did have an, an evil intention toward Jacob. Yet God protected Jacob through this dream by night, telling Laban to be careful, to be careful in the dealings of Jacob. God will speak to your enemies. And you're completely unawares of what's going on. But God could speak to your enemies. Have you ever had a boss that was evil and incarnate, right? And all of a sudden they're showing you favor. Listen, I can't tell you that was God. I can't say that God spoke to him a dream, but I can say that God probably did something. God probably turned their heart somehow because of your actions, because you've been faithful. You know what I'm saying? And so God Warn Laban, be careful. Be careful what you do. So Laban catches up to Jacob and his family, and he says, Why did you flee away secretly from me? Why did you flee away? You know, so so Laban first tried to, to, to shame Jacob with, with kindness, suggesting that they would have they would have had a celebration. If you had told me you were leaving, we would have celebrated, we would have had a big old party. Like, why did you do this? But apparently, this was met with a with a very unsympathetic response so then laban threatens jacob in verse 29 it is my power to do you harm apparently laban didn't get the response that he wanted laban who had been so manipulative for so long his his tactics of manipulating jacob they ain't gonna work no more so now he's got to threaten him why did you steal my gods he tells jacob you know he he ends his his words with Jacob with it with an accusing question. 
because he knew his, his idols were missing and he had reason to believe that Jacob had stolen them. So Laban's question, it really shows the foolishness of idolatry, right? Why'd you steal my gods? That's kind of dumb, right? Because it's sad and strange to have a God that can be stolen. You know, like what kind of God can just be stolen and disappear? So Laban goes, you know, Jacob's like, hey, if you find, if you find these idols, search, search my tents, search everything. If you find these idols, whoever took them, have your will, kill them, put them to death, whatever you want to do, take them. So Laban goes, he's searching Jacob's tents, Leah's tents, you know, Rebecca's tents, the servants, all the tents. And he couldn't find them. Rachel, who stole the idols, put them in the saddle and she sat on top of the saddle and then tells them, you know, pretty much tells them, hey, it's my time of the month. I can't move. I can't get up. And, you know, and at that time, you know, if you if a woman was in her time of the month, there's all kinds of ceremony and procedures you had to do. So Laban, Laban ain't going to mess with that, you know. So then Jacob since Laban couldn't find the idols, Jacob becomes angry and rebukes Laban, verse 36. And it's likely that this anger had been built up for, for a long time. For 20 years, this anger had probably been built up. And Jacob had probably rehearsed this, this speech that he was about to lay onto Laban over so many years. Probably, you know, times in the desert by himself, watching them sheep, just like, man, if this dude talks to me one more time, if he comes at me, this, oh, I'm going to let you have it. You know what I'm saying? I'm saved, but I ain't that saved. You know, you know what I'm saying? And so he has, says, what is my trespass to Laban? He rebukes Laban and made a case for his own, you know, um, innocence. What part of your household things have you found in verse 37? Laban found nothing. He found no evidence of stolen goods. He says, these 20 years I have been with you. Your ewes and your female goats have not miscarried. That demonstrated that, that Jacob showed, you know, he had, very, had success with, J, with uh, Laban's flock. He's like, I have now eaten the rams of your flock. Verse 39 says, that which was torn by beasts, I did not bring to you. There was a custom among shepherds. If you, were, if you shepherded someone else's flock, right? And um, one, of, one of the animals gets torn up by an animal. If you present what's left of the carcass to the owner, you won't be held liable because it shows that you, you fought off whatever killed um, that particular sheep, ram, whatever it was. Jacob didn't follow this custom. What Jacob would do if an animal was killed by, an an, by another vicious, you know, predator, a bear, a lion, whatever it was, Jacob would take from his own flock and replace Laban's lost animal. So he didn't come to say, hey, I'm sorry, you know, stuff happens. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to replace. So Jacob showed, you know, even more honor towards Laban, who had been treating him so unfairly. It says, drought consumed me, and by the frost by night, and my sheep departed. Jacob sacrificed for the success of Laban's business. He said, you have changed my wages 10 times. Jacob suffered repeated unfairness at the hands of Laban. He let him have it. He told him, unless the God of my father, the God of Abraham, the fear of Isaac had been with me, surely now you would have sent me away empty handed. 
If God wasn't with me, you would have cheated me out of everything I had. I would have, you would have had 20 years of free labor. You probably would have taken my wives away from me, my flocks, everything. But God was with me. You know, so Laban says, all that you see is mine. Laban, still being a jerk, claiming everything for himself. He said that everything Jacob had actually belonged to him. Yet in a supposed fake act of generosity, he tells Jacob, it is, it's like he's saying, it's mine, but out of the kindness of my heart, I'll let you have it. Jacob, oh, excuse me, Laban, being deceptive. So they decided, you know what, we're just going to split where we're done. Okay. They set up an altar, they put stones, and, it was, and, and they ate a meal, they had a sacrifice, and it was like, you stay on that side of the, of the altar, I'm going to stay on this side, and we cool. You know, you stay over there. I'm going to stay over here. Let's not cross paths, you know, because obviously Laban met his match. Laban could no longer get over on Jacob. Laban could no longer deceive Jacob. You know, and so, so you know, this shows that they're, 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 sometimes with your in-laws, there needs to be some separation, right? I mean, yes, we have circumstances where, you know, we're living with our in-laws or in-laws living with okay. That's circumstances, right? But when, you know, situations happen. But Genesis 2, 24 says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Laban and Jacob, they had, they had more problems than, than most families. So they had to take extreme measures, an extreme separation. You know, after a, a, a verse 55, after, after they had a proper goodbye, you know, Laban saw his daughters, his grandchildren for the last time. They kissed and departed. Jacob took his family to Canaan and returned and, and, and never returned to Laban. They never saw each other again. Rather than seeking to follow the truth of God's plan as witnessed by Jacob, Laban, you know, he merely resented and coveted the blessing God had on Jacob. Can imagine if Laban had treated Jacob fairly? The blessings that would have been on Laban for treating him right. And not trying to continue to cheat him and just use him up. You know, so he, he ended up with nothing. Rachel and, Le now Rachel and Leah, they were wrong to look to their father Laban for their portion because they stole the idols thinking maybe we can get something out of this. You know, once they were married to Jacob, they need to look to Jacob to provide for them. Since, and I'm going to end with this, brothers and sisters, since you are now joined with Christ, you are a Christ follower. You are the bride of Christ. You cannot look to the world. Because if you're joined to the, as a bride of Christ, you're joined to him. You are a Christ follower. And you look to the world and you're like, where's my portion? Where's my inheritance? Like Leah and Rachel said. What can, what can I get from the world? What can the world give me? Because if you think the world has anything for you, you are mistaken. Because the world will just cheat you, they will, it, the world will mistreat you, the world will get everything it can out of you. And in the end, you'll be left with nothing. But with God, we have an eternal promise. Riches and glory. And living forever in the presence of our Savior. Look to God. Don't look to the world. Don't look to anything else. Look to God. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this word, Lord God. We just praise you for 
for your, for your, your word that's always true, ever faithful, Father, something we can stand on, a firm foundation that we can rely on, Lord. So thank you, Father. I pray for my brothers and sisters as they go about their days and their weeks, Father, that as they spend time in your word and spend time in the soap, Father, that, they, that you will bring to remembrance portions of the scripture throughout their day, Lord God, that they can apply to their life, Father. Remind them, Father, of things that you are speaking to them. Father, we praise you for what you're doing. Continue to bless us, Father. Be with our pastors as they're, as they're away on their sabbatical, Lord. Just continue just to, just to bless them. Give them that rest, Father, that, that, that they rightfully deserve, Lord. And just continue to bless us and be with us. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing in each and every one of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.